Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? We're rolling along with our NFL Draft Prospect Series. We're just a few weeks away from the NFL Draft. It is really hard to believe the Texans right now, as it stands, they have number three and number 13 overall. Of course, that can change anytime between now and draft night and even on draft night. We've seen that happen before as well. So uh, who's it going to be? I mean, could it be this next guy that we're about to talk about? George Karloftis. He's an edge rusher out of Purdue University with Possibly one of the coolest nicknames in the draft class. I mean, there's some cool nicknames out there, but he's known as the Greek Freak. He came over from Greece back not that long ago in 2014 with his family, moved to West Lafayette, Indiana, and quickly ascended to becoming one of the top freshman defensive linemen in the country. And he earned a a lot of honors. He was named AP Freshman All-American, second team All-Big Ten as a freshman. He had only played football for a few years. And... Purdue's uh, coaching scheme, they changed their defense around a little bit in 2021 to really take advantage of his skill set. So he's had a pretty illustrious three-year career. And even with a 2020 that was marked short with injury, he was still able to garner sacks in just a few games that he was playing in. But he had some injuries. He worked hard, bounced back, had a great 2021 season. And here he is as one of the top prospects in this draft class, Top, possibly be top five. And we're going to get to know a little bit more about George Karloftis, how he came over from Greece, and how he earned that nickname Greek Freak, and more. We're talking with DJ Fesler. He covers Purdue Sports for SI Now. So we're going to talk a little bit about George Karloftis and the Greek Freak. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network, and count on a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. It's a Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity. We're talking defensive lineman George Karloftis out of Purdue University. DJ, welcome in. I'm excited to talk a little bit of Boilermaker football with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, so George Karloftis, his nickname is the Greek Freak for a lot of people that don't know. He's got a really unique story about how he came from Greece and ended up in West Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, can you give us some background on on George and how he came to be the prospect that he is at Purdue today? You know, obviously he was born in Greece, grew up there. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, one of the reasons he ended up coming to the United States was uh, the passing of his father, Matthew, back in 2014. That kind of sparked the decision of his mom, Amy, to uh, move the family back to her hometown of West Lafayette, where he ended up attending high school. In Greece, he kind of grew up. He was a multi-sport athlete. He played Uh, soccer. He's a track and field athlete, had some background in water polo as well, but nothing in terms of American football. So he wasn't really exposed to that until he came to United States uh, at 13, played football at West Lafayette High School. And uh, he had some poking and prodding from his friends, uh, encouraging him just because of his size, his athletic background to kind of give it a try. Coaches there too were also trying to encourage him to join the team as well. And uh, he tried it out and uh, Obviously, it's uh, worked out for the better here for him. Yeah, I mean, that's an understatement, if anything. He might be the first Boilermaker taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft since, I had to look this up, since 1987 when the Steelers drafted Rod Woodson with the number 10 pick overall. He could go 10, he could go higher than uh, 10 as well. So how has Karloftis dealt with just being in the national spotlight at Purdue, coming from Greece? How has he dealt with all that surrounding him? Yeah, I think he's handled it great. You know, obviously, uh, 
not a t- as much experience as some other prospects in in the world of football, but um, he's come into the Purdue football program, played a played defensive line in the Big Ten as a freshman, and and if that doesn't show you that you know the moments aren't too big for him, then I I don't really know what does. The comparisons were always going to be there. Predecessors, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, as having a good NFL career, he was at Purdue. And, and then when you just skip ahead to this year and you just looked at look at this draft class alone, you don't even have to go outside of the Big Ten to see a player like Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan that's sure. headlining this year's draft class. And he's being mentioned with names like that. But I think through all of this, he's kind of focused on himself. He's always been a hardworking kid. He really focuses on the team. And I, I think that's what's really helped him have that success at the college level to put him in position to be as high of a draft pick as you kind of mentioned. Yeah, he was one of the top freshmen in the country when he sort of burst onto the scene in 2019. He seems like he's just always around the ball. So Mm -hmm. give us a snapshot of some of the strengths of his game and how Purdue was really able to maximize his skill set in that defense. Yeah, obviously the biggest thing for him is just his size and his strength. He's got great size, about 6'4", 270 pounds. And throughout the years, he's become accustomed to really handling some double, triple teams as that primary pass rushing threat on the Purdue defensive line. And that's really what he's been known for is that power power pass rusher. But in this past year, especially, Purdue went through some uh, defensive coaching staff turnover, brought in some new coaches, kind of changed the philosophy of this defense in a more aggressive scheme. And because of that, I felt like the Boilermakers did a really good job of moving Karloftis around. He was playing inside at times. He's playing outside at times. Uh, different sort of techniques, allowing him to play standing up or in a three-point stance, just really mixing up the fronts to allow him to generate pressure from different areas of the defensive line. And I think you really saw him prove himself in terms of his versatility, just showing that he was more than just that power rusher, someone who's going to kind of barrel through your chest every single snap. He's got a lot of things going for him now, and he was able to really showcase that, I think, this year. Yeah, his versatility, definitely one of his strengths. In fact, I was going to ask you, where has he grown the most over the past three years? So when you sort of look at the evolution of his game, where where have you really seen the most growth? Yeah, I think him just adding more pass rush moves to his arsenal. It's really been the biggest thing for him. Uh, Like a lot of just, you see the headlines of professional uh, defensive linemen, they kind of take up some like MMA drills here and there. They they do that hand-to-hand combat stuff. And that's something he's taken on too. He's really worked on using his hands and his pass rushing moves. He's obviously got the strength and the power that he can default to, but he's able to spin away, use his leverage, use a bunch of different pass rush moves to get to the quarterback, generate pressures. And, and he really showcased that. And he even showed off some uh, some good speed at his pro day. He ran, I believe, a like 4.71 unofficial time in what was, with the wind chills, some, uh, some sub-freezing temperatures there in uh, West Lafayette, Indiana. So he's flashed some some good strength, some good speed. Uh, he's pretty agile for a guy his size, which is pretty surprising as well. So just kind of adding all of those together has really developed him into that into that versatile pass rusher that's uh, making him really coveted, I guess, in this uh, in this year's draft. All right. So 2020 was a pretty tough season for Karloftis. He dealt with injury. He had COVID. He only ended up playing in three games. He still earned some honors through that shortened season, right. but. First of all, how did he make an impact in just those three games? And then tell us a little bit about how he b- bounced back and was able to have the 2021 campaign that he did. Well, for Purdue, just Karloftis being on the field is an impact for that team. He just garners so much attention just because of his resume in previous seasons, what he was able to do as a freshman. He's going to have eyes looking at him just because 
he's that high profile name on that team that teams are going to have to prepare for. And that was always obvious. Even if he wasn't at hundred percent teams had to prepare for him because he had the capability of disrupting offenses. And after he kind of overcame those injuries and COVID he, he really bounced back in a positive way because coaches and teammates rave about him, just his work ethic, the way he, he lives in the gym. He's always taking care of his body in terms of the nutrition, things like getting adequate amounts of sleep. Sometimes those are things that some of these college athletes might pass up at times, but he's been doing some of that stuff since he got there. He's always had that professional, I guess, demeanor to him. And it's obviously driven him a long way. So it, it was no surprise that when he was able to get back to full strength, get back to the weight room, get back to his routines to get on the field, that he was able to have such a good season this year. Uh, even if sometimes maybe the stats don't show it, you know, he only had four and a half sacks, but he was consistently that disruptive force that Purdue needed to take a big step on the defensive side of the ball. Looking back, is there a memorable game or matchup of George Karloftis that really stands out in your mind? Right. There's definitely a game that stands out for me, but I am going to, I'm going to mention real quick uh, a moment for him. He, uh, he did show off that uh, speed that he displayed at the pro day as well with a uh, 46 yard fumble recovery return for a touchdown oh. and a loss against Wisconsin. Um, but that was a loss. So maybe not a game that he wants to be remembered by. So I'll bring up Purdue's game against Iowa. They, it was uh, the number three then rated Hawkeyes. Purdue went on the road to play them. They came away with a 24 to seven upset. And that was really, I think the turning point for the team, allowing them to have the season that they had going nine and four, making it to the Music City Bowl, getting a victory over Tennessee. And Karloftis had a big part in only allowing the Hawkeyes to score seven points. You look at the stats from that game, he only had one solo tackle and one sack. So you're kind of like, how did he really impact the game? But if you watch the film, he was constantly in the backfield. He was pressuring the quarterback. He was disrupting plays, even if some of those numbers didn't pop up necessarily on the stat sheet. One thing that I wrote down, he was the first player to record 10 or more pressures in a game against an Iowa offensive line since uh, Pro Football Focus started doing kind of their advanced analytics for college football. So obviously the Hawkeyes have had several talented offensive linemen have six, uh, successful NFL careers uh, in the past couple of years. So for someone like Karloftis to really get into the backfield uh, whenever he was left one-on-one, -on -one, he was in the quarterback's face, forcing quick throws, disrupting passes stopping the run. He's a great run stopper as well. We were kind of talking about his pass rushing, but he kind of showed everything that he has to offer in a game like that, even if the stats didn't pop off the sheet. All right. What about George Karloftis off the field? What's his personality like? What can you tell us about him as a person? Right. It's kind of kind of strange because you, you kind of see some of these uh, high profile athletes and you expect them to be just like high energy, high just profile guys. But Really, he isn't so much of a boisterous leader. He's always kind of led by example, uh, encourages teammates to just kind of do the right things off the field. But he's a player that's always come in ready to work. Um, he's very humble, tries not to get too frustrated when that individual success doesn't come his way all the time. He's a very coachable player. He's always a guy that's looking to better himself and the team. And coaches have said that he always holds himself to a higher standard. And that's what's helped him have success at the college level. Um, it's about helping his team win in any way he could. And, and players even now, like going through spring practices, we've got to talk to some of the defensive linemen and they're already saying that it's a, it's a big pair of shoes to fill. Just obviously his on-field production is one thing, but just the leadership that won't be there next year that he's kind of taking with him when he goes on to the next level is something that they're still trying to build in that locker room, I guess, right now. 
All right. What about other prospects from Purdue? I know there's a wide receiver that's been talked mm-hmm. about a lot in some of these draft circles. What can you tell us about other Purdue prospects? Yeah, the wide receiver you're mentioning is uh, David Bell. He's obviously part of a really deep and talented wide receiver class this year. There's a ton of guys that can go in these first, second, third rounds of the uh, NFL draft. It's really just take your pick. I feel like this year there's a lot of talent there. David Bell's definitely one of them. He's not a speedy guy by any means. Um, He kind of showed that the combine didn't post a great 40 time. I think it was like four sixes actually, which obviously not blistering speed. He's not going to run past defenders uh, at the NFL level, but he's definitely a polished route runner. One of the best route runners I've seen across the nation. That was something he definitely looked to prove at his pro day, just being able to run routes on the outside, routes on the inside. And he's a guy that I think could translate very well to a team. If he played in the slot, you know, he's got that polished route running technique. He's got fantastic hands. He will not drop the ball. So he's very cunning in his routes, going to be able to manipulate uh, defenders at the next level, I believe. And a team that's able to scheme plays for him where he doesn't have to solely rely on some of that speed and athleticism is going to be a good player because he's a smart, humble kid and he's going to catch a lot of passes, I think, in the NFL. You know, if people, if teams want to overlook him based on 40 times, I, I think they're missing out. I think the the team that takes David Bell, whether it be in the second round, whether it be in the third round, if he slips that far, uh, I think they're going to get a great player and David Bell is going to definitely show up at the NFL level and catch some passes. No problem. Yeah, our draft analyst, John Harris, is very high on David Bell yeah. as well. He says he reminds him a little bit about of DeAndre Hopkins, who also okay. has some really big mitts and never dropped passes. So <laughs> looking forward, yeah, looking forward to seeing where these Purdue prospects uh, end up in the draft process. DJ, thanks so much for the time. DJ Fesler covers Purdue sports for SI Now. DJ, a pleasure and looking forward to seeing your work. Yeah, thanks once again for having me. Great insight from DJ Fesler. A little bit more about... George Karloftis, he was named a Ted Hendrick Award finalist as one of the nation's top defensive ends last year, and uh, he led Purdue with 11 and a half tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, also had five sacks. He started all 12 games, did not play in the Music City Bowl game. He was preparing for the draft, and in his three seasons with the Boilermakers, 97 tackles, 29 tackles for loss, 14 sacks. He also had four fumble recoveries, and three forced fumbles. So it'll be interesting to see where George Karloftis lands in this year's draft. And if you want to find out more about any of the other draft prospects that the Texans could possibly take, I've got a whole series. You can go back and listen to more of the Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity. You can also check out HoustonTexans.com for the Harris 100 to read a little bit more about these guys. And I've also got a transcript of some of these interviews, actually a all of these interviews, just a portion of them on HoustonTexans.com as well. So thanks so much for listening. That's going to do it for our podcast. That's been the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Texans.